Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 17th day of August 2023 puts us on a Thursday. 10, 12, our time, Bruce Siski show on KDAL. Great to have you with us this morning as we are, believe it or not, embarking on the fall sports season. It, uh, yeah, it happened. It's here as Wisconsin kicks off the high school football season tomorrow, week one. Now, that might lead to some questions. I, and I had this conversation with a lot of my Wisconsin friends, and it does seem early, right? Like, you think about it, Superior, for example, in Northwestern, we'll hear from both their coaches here this week, they started practice a couple of weeks ago. They have scrimmages last week, and they play this week. By the time that they start school, their kids will have been together for about six weeks. That's before they start school. It's crazy to think about that. But here's here's why. Just to, to lay it out there, because I'm sure some folks in the Minnesota side are like, they're starting already? That's nuts. It kind of is, but it happens every year, and here's why. So the Wisconsin High School Football Championships are typically played the weekend before Thanksgiving. That is the opening weekend of Wisconsin deer season. And basically, they don't want to go later than that. For a couple of different reasons. One, you're running into deer season when you do that. And the other reason is the Wisconsin championships are played outside. They hold their title games at Camp Randall Stadium, the home of the Wisconsin Badgers. And, yeah, they, the longer you go there, obviously, the more trouble you're going to potentially run into with the weather. It's just it is what it is. So that's why, you know, Wisconsin ends before Minnesota does. They play Thursday, Friday for championship weekend, November 16th and 17th at Camp Randall. So because of that, now they, they, they track back from that date. They know what the end date is, and they go backwards from that to figure out the start date. Well, they have all their rounds of playoffs, and they only take half the teams in Wisconsin roughly to make the playoffs. But they still play five rounds of playoffs, and they have a nine-week regular season. And then you got to start practice. That's why they start as early as they do. It's probably not – unless they shorten the season, which I've been told has been discussed. Hasn't happened yet, but it's been discussed going to an eight-game regular season. Unless they do that, I don't see this changing. The early start's going to be the early start. There's not much they can do. They can't lengthen it because then you're running it. You know, unlike Minnesota, Wisconsin's gun deer season is only two weekends. It's nine days. Minnesota's is three weekends. It's 16 days. So there's plenty of opportunity if you're a deer hunter to get out of Minnesota and ply your craft and, and try to knock down Bambi. Wisconsin, much more limited, at least on, on the, the firearm side. 
always has been when i was a kid we'd go hunting those you know those nine days and you know religiously we would hunt and you know i had school go to school but otherwise we're hunting thanksgiving morning we're out hunting because there's just such a limited time that you can do it so they don't want to they don't want to intrude on that any more than they already are which is barely at all most of the time because they play the championships on Thursday and Friday and the opener is Saturday. So they're really not intruding on it right now. To, to lengthen the season would be to intrude on deer season. And that's a great tradition in Wisconsin, as it is in Minnesota. They don't want to do that. So the only option they really have is to shorten the regular season. And we'll see if that ever happens. I don't think they're going to cut the playoffs any more than they already have. It only taken about half the teams. So... Shortening the regular season is the only way to get these uh, the, the the start dates out of the middle of August, which is where we are right now. Anyway, that's why it is what it is. Tomorrow, Northwestern's Joven Crawls on the radio show with us. They open up tomorrow in Ashland. Superior opens tomorrow at home against Wausau West off a tough season last year. We spoke yesterday with the head coach, the longtime head coach of the Spartans, Bob DeMeyer. Before we get to 2023, uh, a one-win year for you guys, and I know it's not just about wins and losses in your program, but how do you reflect on on your your football team in 2022? Well, Bruce, that question's asked a lot, and, and you know, quite honestly, it's. Uh, I tell people all the time, I'm very proud of the kids we had last year and those seniors, especially. They gave us everything they had, and, and uh, as you know, we play in a very tough league, and every every Friday night's a battle, and. We were in some good ones, and we just came up short. And you know, we we made too many mistakes against some great programs. But what I like about last season, and you know, the season before that, uh, just every kid came back, and each week they came back ready to battle and compete, and, and had the idea, the mindset we were going to go out and, and uh, compete, and, and had a chance to win every Friday night. They what are you? Done some great fun uh, traditions that we have done, and some great uh, standards and. Just things that we stand for as a program, and I'm, I'm really proud of those two teams. Sorry, what are you, uh, what are your numbers like going into this year? And and have those numbers at the youth level and coming up has that all been impacted by COVID? Have you seen any kind of effect from from that 2020 and everything being weird? Yeah, there's there's we could talk for a long time about that, and there's I have a lot of theories about that, Bruce. But yeah, to answer your question, our, our with COVID and everything else that uh, you know, the life is thrown at us. We our numbers have stayed pretty darn consistent. Our, our youth numbers this year are up quite a bit. Our our numbers at the high school level are are you know is they're about average. We've got seventy six kids, ten through twelve, and about thirty freshmen. And you know, we'd like to have more than that. But every year, you'd like to have more than that. But we've been pretty consistent and, and solid with our numbers through, uh, the last handful of years. You've talked about how good the Big Rivers is. How do how do your numbers stack up against other teams in your conference? You, you've had some real traditional Northern Wisconsin powerhouse type football programs. Very proud programs in that league. You mean participation numbers? Number, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the same. You know, that's that's something that we we talk about. You know, amongst uh, coaches and on the other teams and stuff. And what are we doing to keep kids out? You know, in the in the grand scheme of things, we're all we're all in this together, and we want to have solid programs, and, and we want to promote football and, and do the best we can to you know to help just you know, create better men and and, uh, and human beings. And so we're all in this together, and. We talk about that quite often, and I think we're pretty consistent and, and close to what uh, the other programs have as well in terms of numbers. 
talking to superior football coach Bob DeMeyer. I, typically, if, if you look around, it, it's not just a football thing, it's a sports thing. We've seen it in baseball, the Brewers handing the cheese head to the guy who hits a home run. It, teams have these traditions, these, these rituals that they do with their players. It, it keeps everybody engaged. It's a fun, tr- it's a fun thing. Tell me about the, the signed football helmet. The Duluth News Tribune had a story about that this week. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just uh, it's something that we probably started. I don't know. I'm guessing maybe 15, 16 years ago, and it's just uh, it's a way to remind us, you know, why we're here and what we're doing, and you know, we talk about that quite often. What does it mean to be a Spartan, and, and why are you here? And you know, so the name that we put on that helmet is just someone to remind us, or something to remind us of someone that's impacted our life, someone that's maybe been inspirational. Maybe that's the person that's getting us to and from practice every day, or that started, you know getting us in youth sports uh, when we were younger. Someone that we want to dedicate the season to and help keep us focused on why we're here. And just one of the things that uh, help us stay focused on what we're doing every day. How did you come up with the idea to do this? It's, it, it's not something I've seen in a lot of programs. You, you, you hear about turnover chains and you hear about you know, j- special jerseys maybe for certain players that remember certain people in, in a program. But, but this one's unique to me. I've, I've not heard of this. Oh man, I'd, I'd like to say that it was something that I created, but I, you know, I really, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you where we got it from, Bruce. You know, we're, again, we're all in this together. We we take ideas uh, from each other, and you know, we, uh, it's just something that we picked up years ago, and we really liked, and our kids like it, and they know it's a tradition that we do every every preseason in our the night of our team camp, or excuse me, our team night. We do a lot of other fun things that night too. We do uh, we do skits. Um, we have synchronized swimming. We we, again, we talk about what it means to be a Spartan and why we're all playing football, and um, it, it's just a chemistry thing, and, and it's uh, it's helped us, you know, again, talking about those numbers, it's helped us with that, and just uh, some traditions that we have and why we do what we do. Just remember, there are, there are five words here, and never ever be ashamed of this, all good ideas are stolen, because we've run out, we have run out of ideas, we're stealing from everybody. Absolutely. We do that every year in clinics and everybody we talk to. Absolutely. I was going to ask you that. At your level, uh, we talked to the, to the UMD coaches last week, and I brought this up with Chase Volger on the offensive side especially, and, and he admitted, yeah, we, we all, I'm, I'm, if I watch something, I like it, I think it'll work, we're going to steal it. We do it all the time. How much of that do you guys do conceptually, you know, play-wise? When you're watching football, you see, oh, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to try that with our guys. Well, you know, we do that not just with X's and O's. And I, I when I was younger and, and uh, you know, maybe an offensive coordinator and then as a head coach still, you know, running the offensive side of things, um, you know, every Saturday and Sunday when I had an opportunity to watch football other than, than our own film, we're always looking at what's working and what's not and some unique fun plays and, and that kind of stuff. But we do that program-wise. What can we do for team-building exercises and chemistry things and leadership? So I, as I've gotten older here, I've – I put more emphasis on when we go to clinics, personally, I, I look at what can we do to be better people? What can we do to help our, our kids stay involved and stay focused? And, you know, and, and that's obviously we want to be successful on the field, but how is that going to translate into life off the field as well? And our younger coaches, we go to a, a clinic and we have kind of a strategic plan. Who's going to watch what and listen and bring back ideas? But we're always stealing ideas from from uh, every other coach that we listen to and have the opportunity to uh, to sit down in front of. Uh, tell me about your senior quarterback, Sam Miller, projected to start here as we get ready for opening night Friday. My goodness, it's already here. Yeah, it is already here. Uh, Sam is just a, an unbelievable young man. He, he started off in our youth program and 
he was our ball boy years ago when he was in the sixth grade and just a super uh just an inspiring young man and and uh, he knows our he knows our program inside and out he knows our offense uh, as well as any quarterback we've had he's in early in the preseason here 11 practices in and a couple scrimmages he's he's executed very well and he's he's kind of emerged as that uh that guy we're going to go with and he's got a, a junior Tanner Leno that's uh that's on his heels and pushing him every day, and they work very well together. They're another awesome kid, and they're always trying to make themselves better and, and make each other better, and, and you know, obviously our team better as well. So it's been a fun competition that way, and it's really cool to see those two working together the way they have. You can obviously only have one starting quarterback, but but you know, how how have you seen that relationship here? Because that it, it's an important one that that starting quarterback, backup quarterback, starting goalie, backup goalie in hockey is the same way. Yes, they're competing, but they also have to get along. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, it's really really cool. They're they're both very similar young men. They're very selfless. They. They want to. They want to succeed. They want to get this thing turned around on the scoreboard and start winning football games again. And and even though they're competing every single snap of the ball, every rep they get in practice, they're still watching film together. They're coming back to me, talking, you know, sharing ideas they have. It, it's been a really fun, cool relationship to see, uh, you know, come about. And and uh, you know, Sam knows that uh, Tanner's right there. And if, if things aren't clicking, Tanner's uh, ready to roll. And and uh, it's probably going to go that way throughout the season, and that's it just that's the way it goes with a, a quarterback situation or any other position on our team. It's one thing that you get a talented guy, but but how good of a fit is what Sam Miller does athletically for the offense that you want to run? Well, it, we we have a pretty versatile type of uh, scheme that we run, and, and Sam is a very accurate passer of the football. He, he processes things very well. Um, you know, Tanner may be a stronger runner, but, uh, you know, he's got a different skill set. He's also a very accurate thrower himself. Uh, but Sam, as I said, he's, he knows our offense so well over the years. He's, he's been playing quarterback, you know, his whole career. And just a, a really good thrower of the football and, and makes good decisions and takes care of that football. And, you know, he's teaching those things to Tanner, and, and Tanner's maybe teaching him how to be, uh, you know, more of an explosive runner and and, uh, and that kind of stuff. Tanner also is an incredible kicker. He's got a future as a kicker if he should pursue that. And so he, he's valuable to us there. So we have to factor that into everything too. He could be playing other positions, but he's uh, we want to make sure he's healthy to play quarterback and and to kick the ball through the uprights. I, I we're talking to Spartan football coach Bob the Meyer opening night Friday versus Wausau West at the NBC Spartan Sports Complex in Superior. So I, I, I've, as you know, I've been around here for a very long time, and and I feel like it's been this tug of war over the years as as football has evolved and you see more and more of the wide open passing games, the spread offenses, and up here the running game is still the bread and butter. Do you feel like that's the case everywhere really in football? The running game is the bread and butter. Yeah, the passing game gets all the headlines. But especially up here, you got to be able to run the ball when the weather turns sour. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's, you know, again, our, our scheme, we're, we're pretty diverse. We're able to, uh, you know, to, to do, to adjust to, based on our personnel, to, based on the, the weather, that kind of thing, like you're talking, and absolutely, it, it still boils down to blocking and, and you know good execution, fundamentals, and tackling, and that kind of stuff. We're able to throw the ball. We have that kind of uh, you know those kind of things mixed into our scheme, but we also have, we have a very solid running game. And uh, it's something we haven't touched on yet, Bruce. We've got uh, really as it's as it's shaken out there this preseason. We have one returning 
uh, player on the offensive side of things and two on defense. And I'm really, really proud of the guys up front. We've got 10 guys battling for those five spots, and a lot of them are sophomores. But, man, they're giving us everything they've got, and it's been fun to watch that. And it's, it, our running game is a lot more – we're doing better right now with our run game than I thought we would this early in the season. It's because of those young guys up front. So, yeah, the running game is, is huge, especially when you talk about the elements. And, and, you know, the weather, can, it's 80 degrees today, but tomorrow could be, you know, 50 and, and raining. So we've got to be, be able to, to run the football and just take care of it regardless of what we're doing. You mentioned only one starter back on offense, only two back on defense, and that you've—it's inexperience. No matter where it is, it's kind of a, a concern. But when you look up front, when you look at that offensive line, how important is it to have some experience? And now that as you get into the non-conference here, before you get the Big Rivers play, to get some experience quickly for these guys, so they're not swimming when you get in the Big Rivers play, and you're facing teams that maybe have a lot more of that than you do. Yeah, and we, you know, things were kind of uh, exposed a little bit. It's been there's been a learning curve. We uh, we had an inner squad scrimmage two weeks ago. You know, the, you know, six week six days into our practice or our preseason, so there was some growth there. Some things that we we had to learn from. And, and uh, then we last Friday we we scrimmaged three really strong programs at down at Rice Lake, and we learned a lot there. A lot a lot of stuff on film. A lot of stuff we saw live and. Every day, our kids, especially those young kids up front, are showing a ton of growth. And, uh, you know, the speed of the game is going to get faster and faster every week. And we have two great um, conference games to prepare for and then that tough uh, Big River season. Finishing up here with Superior Football Coach Bob DeMeyer. You know, what are the keys here in this non-conference and things that you need to see, things you need to learn about your group? You've started that process with the scrimmages, but now you get into real games starting on Friday. Yeah, we want to see, you know, the things we talk about every day, doing the little things, being fundamentally sound, being focused, playing fast. It's going to get fast, uh, being physical and finishing everything that we do and taking care of the football when we have it and, and doing everything we can to take away the football from them when they have it and taking good angles and, and playing them as fast as we can and, and wrapping up the ball carrier, all the, all the fundamentals we really focus on every single day. I know it's when you don't have experience, it can be concerning, but how exciting is this? Because you've got so many guys that are learning on the fly, and now you get to see them. You know, they, they walk out that tunnel to get in front of those people at the at the NBC complex starting on Friday night. It's always a great atmosphere for football. It is, and it, it, it's, it's very exciting. Again, talking about these young kids, when you see them see something click, and then when they're doing something that uh, they're just learning how to do, and and when that chemistry comes together, that's fun. And that process goes throughout the entire season. But to see that with those young kids early on here, it's been really, really exciting. And they're, they're all really jacked up a bull Friday night, absolutely. 7 o'clock tomorrow in Superior, Sparty versus Wausau West. More to come on a Thursday, 1031 on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Today we continue our 14-team Big Ten preview sponsored by Lando Lakes. We'll look at the Michigan State Spartans after this. There is a land where anything is possible, where soul, soil, and science work wonders every day. A land that values bravery and curiosity, where the truth is the official language. And here, we put our all into feeding human progress, to making a positive impact. This is a land of honesty, of optimism, of possibilities. This is Land O'Lakes, proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics. 
Tanner Hoops previews the 2023 Michigan State Spartans. The Michigan State Spartans are coming off a disappointing 5-7 season in 2022, but head coach Mel Tucker says that will be a learning experience for 2023. Last season was a tremendous learning experience for us, and not just uh, for the players, but for the coaches and, and the support staff. I know one thing about this group of players and this group of coaches, we're going to roll our sleeves up and come to work every single day with a relentless mindset. Tucker says that the Spartans have as much depth and talent as any team that he's coached at Michigan State. We have competition at every single position and uh, probably the, the, no doubt the most talent that we've had top to bottom on our roster. Uh, we needed more quality depth on our roster and we addressed that this out of season. I believe competition forces you to be at your best each and every day, and that's how we'll reach our full potential. The Spartans open the 2023 season September 1st against Central Michigan. And MSU will visit Minnesota on October 28th. Tomorrow we'll preview Ohio State, sponsored by Lando Lakes, longtime supporter of Golden Gopher football. I'm Mike Graham. Dave Ramsey. Pretty easy. Afternoons on KDAO. All right. Thursday morning, more to get to, more football to talk about. I've got so much coming up on this show in the next six days. We're going to try to set some of that up for you as well. All that as we continue. 1037 is our time right now. Thursday morning, Bruce Siski show continues after CBS News on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. You don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1042 Thursday morning. Tomorrow, Northwestern football coach Joven Kroll. Tigers open with the annual Highway 2 battle at Ashland tomorrow night against the Ordockers. Northwestern off an unbeaten regular season last year, but much like Superior, Tigers have a lot of bodies to replace and a very young team for Joven Kroll. You'll hear from him about that and more on the radio show tomorrow. Uh, then next week, I mentioned we are very busy uh, because somebody scheduled a vacation for the last week of August when the fall sports season is kicking off, and that leaves us with a lot to do next week. A lot of teams to preview, and we will be doing that on Monday. Hey, a radio voice of the Green Bay Packers, I think into his 25th year now, Wayne Larravee with us on Monday. Also next week, NCHC Commissioner Heather Weems. Saints Scholastica soccer coaches, Barry Chasty men, Dave Riles women, UWS men's soccer coach, Joe Mooney, volleyball coach, Lynn Diedrich also with us on the show next week, and UMV volleyball head coach, Jim Boos, will join us next week as the Bulldogs prepare for 2023 off a 27-win campaign and a return to the NCAA tournament. Want to mention, and we'll talk about the head, with the head coach next week, but uh, the Bulldogs are hosting the Up North Preseason Tournament, a six-team event at Romano Gymnasium, September 7th, 8th, and 9th. Get more details. Tickets, uh, single-game tickets are now available for football, volleyball, and soccer by going to umvbulldogs.com. Uh, UMV Athletic Director Forrest Carr, talked to him yesterday. We are good to go with him the second Monday of every month. We'll be uh, resuming that on September the 12th. That'll be his uh, return to the radio show 
And again, the second Monday of every month, he'll join us in studio to talk Bulldog sports. We'll have regular Bulldog coaches on the radio show, student-athletes as well, beginning the week of September 5th because I'll be off the week before. So uh, the uh, coaches, student-athlete interviews that we do all the time during sports season will resume on Tuesday, September 5th here on the Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Of course, if you missed something, you can always podcast. We archive everything we do at KDAL610.com. Vikings and Titans wrapping up joint practice today in Egan. They did have a minor dust-up yesterday. I saw the clip. It didn't look like much. Mike Rabel, the Tennessee coach, who's uh, not a small human being, jumped into that thing and stopped it before it really got started. So it turned into a lot of why I ought to going on, which is fine. It's again, I, I said this yesterday, yesterday, day before, whenever I was here, I, I can't remember anymore. But I've said this on the radio. The coaches will say, "Well, we you know, we don't want that. That's not part of not part of this thing." They don't mind it as long as nobody gets hurt and it doesn't turn into like you know all. You know, 20 players that are on the field at any given time getting into something, they don't mind it. It's That spillover is almost natural. You're expecting this high intensity. You're, you're preparing for a season where everything is high speed, high pace, high intensity. It's going to happen once in a while. And as long as long again, as long as you don't have half the team getting involved, as long as actual punches aren't being thrown left and right, and nobody gets hurt, it's not the end of the world. Is it great? No. Is it the end of the world? No. They don't mind seeing it. Uh, Vikings and Titans on Saturday, seven o'clock. And we've said this too. A lot of teams that are doing these joint practices, they are basically handling this as as this is your your week of work if you're a starter and in lieu of having the starters play in the actual game the preseason game that you you pay money to go see you're going to see a lot of backups on saturday for both teams Uh, the vikings last year did joint practices during the week of one of their preseason games and sat 30 some guys for that preseason game. You can expect a very similar number of players sitting out on Saturday, healthy players. I would be shocked if Kirk Cousins played, as an example. It, it, it goes against what Kevin O'Connell has said and what we saw him do last year, to have Kirk Cousins play after having joint practices during the week. And they got the Cardinals in next week, so I'm guessing the same thing next weekend. A lot of backups uh, playing in that preseason finale uh, next weekend. The Packers, Jordan Love... We'll play again in the preseason. That was what Matt LaFleur said after Friday night in uh, Cincinnati. What we don't know is if he'll play this week or next. Again, I'm going to next week's game. Selfishly, I wouldn't mind that, but I understand they play them this week too. Uh, They'll wrap up their joint practices with the Patriots uh, this afternoon in Green Bay. Sounds like yesterday for the Vikings and Titans, besides the dust-up, was a good day for both teams' defenses. Not so much with their first-team offenses. We'll see if that flips around today. And yesterday seems like, uh, from everything I've read, a good day for the Packers. In fact, I saw a couple of Patriots reporters basically say the Packers had a better day than the Patriots did. That was fine. I still think that these are going to be extremely over-scrutinized because it's the first-year starting quarterback, Jordan Love, 
facing a Bill Belichick defense, even if it's just practice, and even if he doesn't play Saturday, I think you're going to see a lot of, of people talking about these joint practices. I saw it yesterday. Jordan Love had a good day, took care of the football, generated some big plays, for the most part was well protected against a very active New England defensive front, and he handled their, their secondary looks pretty well. People are going to overreact to that. I, I encourage you, if you're a Packers fan, don't overreact to what you've seen or heard about Jordan Love. Open mind, week one, September 10th against the Bears. Open mind. Don't make a decision before then, good or bad. Because I, just, I, I don't think we have nearly enough evidence at this point to make that determination. Uh, David Bakhtiari did not practice the left tackle for Green Bay yesterday. However, again, from the sounds of it, Looks like the offensive line had a pretty good day, especially when you consider the missing little starting left tackle. Zach Tom continues to be impressive. Yash Nijman continues to have a good preseason. And the, the challenge for Green Bay is their five best offensive linemen might not line up positionally the way that they would want them to. What I mean by that is Zach Tom might need to play center if they want to get their actual five best offensive linemen on the field. Now, can Zach Tom play center well enough? I have a feeling we're going to see Zach Tom playing center before the preseason's over. You might get a look at it in the live game. 7 o'clock Saturday, Packers v. Patriots. That game is on AM 710. Uh, coverage begins on Saturday at 5. Of course, the post-game show will follow. Twins have the day off today. After getting beaten by the Tigers yesterday, 8-7. Still a four-and-a-half game lead in the AL Central. I think fana- uh, fan- Fanatics, no, Fangraphs. Has the Twins at 91% to win the AL Central. They've got the fifth easiest schedule of all the teams in baseball down the stretch here, while Cleveland, four and a half games out, has the sixth most difficult schedule. I think that's what I read. They had 91% to win the division. It's basically a foregone conclusion at this point. The Twins are going to win the Central, but you want to be in as good a shape as possible going into the postseason. Uh, Pablo Lopez will pitch tomorrow night, Sonny Gray Saturday, and Dallas Keuchel on Sunday as the Twins take on the Pirates. 6.30 pregame tomorrow on KDAL from Target Field. Brewers in L.A. one more time tonight. Corbin Burns versus Lance Lynn. Milwaukee trying to avoid a three-game sweep. Three and two so far on a nine-game road trip. Pause at 10.50. Prep update with Ryan Phelps is next. Then we wrap things up on a Thursday. Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. We've been through this before. Weekdays at 10 on KDAL. 10.59. Get an air quality alert going into effect later on. Be mindful of that, whatever your plans might be. We are back tomorrow. Close out the work week and talk some more high school football. Northwestern opening tomorrow at Ashland. And we'll hear from the Tigers head coach, Northwestern alum Droben Kroll, on the radio show with us tomorrow at about 10.10. Brad and Kenny up next. Sound off for your Thursday. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well, no, I I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. This is your home for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 103.9 W280 FDFM and AM 610 KDAL Duluth Superior.